0: Ryan, can you hear me? Ryan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Roman. I just killed a man and I've got his body in the trunk, so I can't talk for much longer. Okay, well, look, um, I know everyone's expecting another episode of Character Study, so we can really do a deep examination of that time Grant Morrison got stuck somewhere in Asia and had to do an illegal drug deal to find his way back to the country. But unfortunately, Alan Moore accused him of plagiarism, so that's not going to happen. So right now there's an Indiegogo Kickstarter for something by the Tamaki sisters. I think they're supposed to get me some Ethereum so I can figure out a cryptocurrency bribe to get you a flight back home. So, I don't need a bribe, Raman. Right now, all I need is a shovel. I think we can make that happen. But while I wait... Oh, shit. Amazon. It says um, it says it's going to take six to eight weeks to get you a shovel. Apparently, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and there is a high demand for shovels. So you're kind of shit out of luck here. Right? I'll just have but... to use my hands. <laughs> same thing. Those same deadly weapons <laughs> that you use. But... While we're waiting for you to figure out whatever it is that you are doing with your hands, we're going to have part four, the finale of Character Study. Now, you're probably saying, what the hell is Character Study? Well, last summer, Friend of the Pod, Peres John, and I created a four-part miniseries where we chose to go deeper with one of our favorite comic book heroes, Dick Grayson, a.k.a. the original Robin, a.k.a. Nightwing, and all the other weird shit that he got up to in his later years. Do you think Dick Grayson picked out his original Robin uniform, or did Batman do it for him? And, you know, if Dick Grayson said, please, sir, I'd like some pants, do you think Batman would have sent him back to the orphanage? Well, to be fair, um, and it depends which continuity you read, uh, Bruce Wayne actually wore the original Robin costume first. So. <laughs> wait, wait, really? Like, like, did he just try it on, and he's like, I like the way this looks on me, but I really would like the way it would look on, on that little boy over there? <laughs> that that you know uh they were into some crazy shit in the 40s so no one knows i don't know bruce wait, wait where did bruce wayne wear the original robin cut uniform when did that well, happen i'm not gonna know the exact title but i actually owned some like uh paperback copy of something called like legends of the bat and it showed a young teenage bruce wayne going out in a robin like get up with alfred driving him around and this is before he met dick grayson at Haley circus so yeah Wow, okay. This is Here, why you don't the, belong take on... Take the spare hey, costume. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Ryan doesn't belong on character study. Now, you're probably also asking yourself, what the hell do we do next week when, I don't know, Ruman's still stuck at home with the baby, Ryan's still stuck in the North Korean gulag? We have no idea, so you're going to have to be surprised next week. But for now, strap in, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, get ready for the final episode of character study and ask yourself, will we ever hear from Ryan again? I don't know. Will you tune in next week and find out same bad time. Same bad channel. Hey, Paresh, how's it going?
1: It's going all right, I think. I'm pretty bummed out after reading what we just read, just from a darkness perspective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, why screw up a good thing when things are good? Why don't you just keep hitting the reset button? <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, so, so this time... I feel like this, this series peaked on on the last chapter because there are some moments of really good stuff in what I'm calling the modern sloppy era of Dick Grayson. <laughs> like, as we were kind of going through the chronological order, like the Grant Morrison and the Scott Snyder stuff, when Dick gets to be Batman one more time with Damien as his Robin, those are some great stories. Those are the
1: best. I mean, so in the modern era... The best stuff about Dick Grayson is actually him as Batman, not as Nightwing, as far as I can tell.
0: And I kind of just want to quit this podcast with those and just kind of pretend the rest of the stuff. (laughs) While it has moments of glimmers of goodness, it's just not good. (laughs) You're right. You're right. I mean,
1: do we want to start with that, the rest of the crap, and then lead into everything else?
0: No, I think – I think because – we can then litigate, kind of what what's not working. Maybe pitch ourselves as the guys who can save Dick. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a, yeah, okay. I Look, it. okay, it goes without saying. Grant Morrison. I don't want to even say he's an acquired taste. He he likes to take really interesting takes, be it the X Men, the JLA, and his run on Batman and Robin from whatever year this was out. His <laughs> like. It's good. It's it's weird, but it makes sense. (laughs) Like the relationship with Damien and Dick. I yeah, I don't have enough good things to say about this Grant Morrison run. Grant Morrison is is my favorite comic book writer. He always has
1: been. And so I remember back when this was announced that he was doing Batman and Robin. There were a lot of questions in the air, I think, at the time, because Bruce Wayne had just died. So what are we doing? And Grant Morrison's coming in. But I was really excited because that meant for the first time, at least definitively, we're seeing Grant Morrison's take on Dick Grayson, a character who you wouldn't expect him to really tackle. I don't know if if it wasn't the flagship Batman and Robin story, if Grant Morrison would have taken a chance on our, our boy Dick Grayson. Maybe, maybe. But given the opportunity here, the great thing about it is the It's a flip version of the typical Batman and Robin, right? I mean, we talked about that. It's an optimistic, happy-go-lucky Batman and a scowling scoundrel of a Robin in Damian Wayne. And that dynamic, having, having it flipped like that, was really enjoyable. And Grant Morrison, I think he really understands dick grayson regardless of whether he's his batman or something else i got the sense that he really enjoyed writing him what do you think well grant morrison
0: his talent is really he's not out to reboot or reset he's okay playing with the toys in the sandbox but he's going to turn them upside down and turn them sideways and he's going to attempt to make meaningful changes, right, to the status quo. And he's going to turn the characters on its head and inside out and really understand what makes them tick. And I think that's – it's not just about, oh, okay, one is dark and one is light. It's about – I mean, Jason Todd's part of it. Pig is part of it. I – it's a more psychological version of the character, which – in a weird in a weird way like yeah i there's a common continuity to kind of what's going on with dick there's let's explore the rest of the of the whole bat universe right (laughs) like literally with uh, i mean there's a lazarus fit there's Mm -hmm. there's we're gonna bring batman to life back to life but not in the way you expect us to do it, you know. Yeah, it's almost
1: it, it it's almost like another origin story. We touched on that a little bit with Chuck Dixon and, you know, his his run on Nightwing and how everything was kind of shown in, in in with those touch points of here's the car, here's the lair, here's the new city. Same things kind of happening here in a different way though because it's mainly because it's a new Batman and Robin. I love the car in this one. It's got it's got like this little bug eyed look to it It, that's really poppy.
0: Yeah, it's about time that the damn Batmobile could fly. (laughs) And this is before (laughs) this is before Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And it was
1: really helped by Frank Quietly's artwork, who always partners with Grant Morrison quite a lot.
0: But yeah, but um, not enough. I'm sorry. He's too slow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just they draw you in with the covers, they draw you in with the first issues and then quietly disappears. And some other guy
1: after after like three issues, he disappears. But I mean, I get it. I don't know. He's he's uh, he's a slow burn in terms of how he works. But I mean, all star Superman, that's that's all time for me. So his artwork really
0: brings it home. What what do you think Morrison did well with Dick here?
1: He didn't he didn't go too deep like into his psyche or anything like that. I think it was I think the main thing he did well was forging a relationship with Damien and kind of revealing more and more about how this man tackles any I mean there's some dark twisted stuff happening. It's kind of done in a I don't know if it hits home in such a creepy way all the time sometimes it does but amidst all of that you see this you see this relationship forming almost like a father and son when dick grayson's not really his father but more like i guess an uncle brother however you want to look at it but i think the best thing he did with dick grayson here was really forge that bond with damian wayne and it's something that is a touchstone between those two characters to this day. I mean, it's 10 years later, and even in other media, whether it's in the DC animated uh, movies or other comic books, you see them interacting all the time. And in some ways, Damien prefers Dick Grayson over his father.
0: Well, I think that it's one it's one gift Grant Morrison gave to us. I mean, Damien was kind of a sketch of a character, and Grant Morrison was... I could be wrong, but he was the first person to take a, f- a real deep hit with Damien. And I think he fleshed out the the character and the nature of who Damien is. And I know this is a podcast about Dick, but it's... You're right. It's it's Dick's kind of a civilian, and everything's happening around him. Damien... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Again, it's a podcast about Dick, but Damien's the star of this one, I think. Dick yes. is... he's an He's Dick playing Batman. Mm-hmm. And he has fun with it. And... But, but Damien's what makes this enjoyable. The arcs are about Damien, the manipulations of his mom, the, the hard lessons he has to learn as he becomes Robin. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I think and it, it kind of cements something else about Dick that it's hard to get Dick Grayson right by himself. It's, Dick is, God, it's kind of a mean thing to say, but he's the best supporting character. You bring him in, and everybody else shines. They shine better. He's he's like a Scottie Pippen. I okay,
1: I'll take I I'll agree with that premise to some extent, but that's that's maybe that's where I think the only no.
0: people were the only place where Dick Grayson completely has shined on his own in everything we've read is the Chuck Dixon run.
1: And those are hundred plus issues or whatever. I mean, that's a lot of content. Um,
0: I, I know, but, but, but again, it, it takes us, it's, it takes a very special mix in formula to get Dick Grayson by himself. Right. You can't, he's, he's you. And maybe that's just how he's been used and, and stereotyped. It's he's, he's the like secret sauce you throw into the mix of anything else. The Titans, Batman, I guess' that, Batman.
1: I guess that's why his reputation for being the linchpin of the DC Universe comes into play. So I'll, I'll I'll, buy that from you, but I do believe there's still... Well, I guess there's more to be mined from his solo stories. And awesome. before we jump too far ahead into the St- Scott Snyder Batman-Dick Grayson run, most of that story, he's by himself. I'll argue that Gordon and all of his stuff is also on equal footing
0: almost there. So he, he does have... that. That's fair, but First thing, I mean, to come back to my analogy, I think Dick Grayson in the DC universe wins the Oscar for best supporting character over and over again. It makes sense. It makes sense. And he gets nominated. He gets nominated for best, best actor, right? (laughs) But it's not that often that he gets, uh, he, even in, and I literally just finished reading the Scott Snyder stuff. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say this about anyone. It's just like everything about him is is relative to someone else or something else, even in the Scott Snyder run relative to Gordon relative. I mean, some of the funnest beats are him and Tim talking trash.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. And 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 you know what? It, It makes sense just given the history of the character. He was the first sidekick, so it would make sense for him to be working off of other people and. Yeah. So going back to Grant Morrison though and what he did, you could you could clearly tell in this book how much fun he's having. And I read and I think I read like an old Reddit AMA with him where he said his original plan was to keep Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne Batman and Robin for around five years. And that, that just great. really make that just really makes me angry that it didn't happen because I think I think we would have seen more of that from, and to see Grant Morrison doing something like that for five years is—it's wasted now. But that would have been fun.
0: Yeah, I mean they got a, they got sixteen issues, not even not even a year and a half.
1: Yeah, it would it it would have been cool, but I mean the story, the story, the artwork, all of it is 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 hitting on all cylinders. I think I believe this is the first time they also introduce you know some new characters and what's his name? Professor Pig. Yeah. That's the first time he's shown up. And now I would say he's an adequate addition to the Batman rogues gallery.
0: But he's not one of Batman's rogues. You know, he's one of Dick's rogues. Well, Dick as Batman.
1: What does that mean to you? I mean, Dick Grayson is, and and this, this kind of, if we bring it now to the modern era, we're talking about two stories where he is Batman. And those are the best stories we think exist of Dick Grayson in this modern era. There's an, there's also a piece of this that I think touches on the, the reason I like Dick Grayson so much. We talked about the permanence factor, right? He is now Nightwing. He has changed. He is now Batman. He has changed. So now there are two touchstones. Dick Grayson will always be Nightwing or Dick Grayson will always be Nightwing and and Batman. Can he become Batman? Like no, it, he's 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 backup
0: Batman. He you is, know?
1: He is, he is, but it's also like if yeah, so if Bruce Wayne ever dies this happens, okay, fine, it's Dick Grayson. But in a way, well,
0: what we cool. learned what we learned in Scott Snyder's later on run is Bruce is just going to clone himself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, also, Gordon took over at one point.
0: Yeah. 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 I. I. here. So here's my frustration. Comes back to. Yes, Dick is one of the few exceptions to the rule where he can grow up. He can assume the mantle and the legacy, albeit temporarily. But. And so this is we're going to we're going to jump out now from we're going to jump out of him being Batman and let's go into a few of the other things, right? Uh, Be it, you know, the reboot of Dick when he takes on the red costume. And I think that's Kyle Higgins. He had a multi-volume run, him becoming a secret agent, agent of spiral, and then kind of rebirth 2016 era all the way into the modern era with some of the other things they've been doing. It feels like almost they took it to the extreme where Dick gets to experience changes and the problem is they do not stick the landing on most of these.
1: Well, he's had they, more reboots than the Spider-Man film series now. Like it, yeah. it, it's so many and it's just been in the last 10 years really. And, and the
0: one thing I'll give credit like you know reading reading the better than batman run so part of volume one of the rebirth series from i'm guessing i don't know 2016 at least the one thing i will give them is they pay homage to all the things they did he was a secret agent he did have this thing he has been batman you know like it's just there's so much drama and baggage even though they are trying to effectively reset everything and bring it back to basics. And, and you know some of the better modern era. There's a really good issue of Titans number Titans 2018's Titans number 19, the trial of Don Troy. There, there's a lot of stuff that they do where that was they've good. gotten. to. Yeah, they they I get Dick right.
1: I enjoyed yeah, they, that one. They
0: they had a callback. the The flashback. So
1: long story short, in this story that Ruman's referencing, huge issue. With Donna Troy and Troya from the future and all this crap happening, Titans were trying to clean up this mess. At the end of it, the Justice League comes in, Batman specifically is telling them that, you know, we need to shut it down. We need to do a root cause analysis and <laughs> understand what's happened here and telling them to shut it down. He taught any and questions their leadership and he's directly questioning Dick Grayson. And he goes, they go out back, they kind of have a little bit of an argument, and they flash back to when Batman, when Dick Grayson was Robin under Batman, and he's giving him a, a bit of a pep talk. And he says, Dick Grayson says, oh, one, one day you think I'll be able to join the Justice League. And Batman says, uh, Bruce Wayne says, no. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, one day you're going to lead them. And I love that line because, like I said, I think Dick Grayson's one of the best leaders in comics, and they need to live up to that damn promise. They haven't been doing that in the modern era.
0: One thing, again, I'm just really conflicted with DC. They've taken some swings and they've completely failed with Dick in the modern era.
1: We're jumping around a little bit. We didn't talk about Black Mirror, unless you don't want to talk about Black
0: Mirror we can go back to it but let's let me, let's finish this thread we're in the future come come to the future with me Paresh. oh there there's there's a lot in the future no but it's the there there's a moment in the last year where the trinity being you know batman superman and wonder woman tap Nightwing to go solve a really big problem because he's probably the only guy who can. And what does he do? He goes and reforms the Titans again because it's DC kind of coming back to, okay, put him in that cool blue costume, put him back with his best friends and go do the same thing over again. And I don't, I don't see the growth anymore in him. And because I, it's either the writers, the company, The characters, they're not sure how to evolve Dick anymore.
1: Well, I guess it becomes a question of how do you keep evolving someone who has evolved so much?
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You just blew my mind.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, at some point, you just keep him in the status quo, but they haven't even been doing that. There is no status quo for him anymore. He doesn't really have a home. It's troubling. I mean, there are cool stories. There, there are cool things. I don't think you've read any of the Batman Beyond comic books, but there's some cool stuff they've done with him in the future. And they're doing a lot of things in other mediums with him still. Like we talked about Titans today randomly while I was e- while I was eating um, lunch. I, I threw on uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, that animated movie. I don't know if you saw it. No, no. But it is, it's kind of like a continuation of the animated series. Nightwing's a main character. So it's like Batman and Nightwing – taking on poison ivy poison ivy there's like a swamp thing thing going on but right in the beginning of the story nightwing sleeps with harley quinn so there's that Um, because he does (laughs) yeah well
0: i mean if batman gets to sleep with batgirl (laughs)
1: sure so i mean that's 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 what's happening there but he's being referenced everywhere not and and not fully being used as best as he should be even warner brothers they have They had tapped a director, Chris McKay, who did Lego Batman, great movie, to do a Nightwing movie. And obviously, that's on pause. Nothing's happening with it right now. Nobody's been announced or anything like that. But in almost every medium right now, Dick Grayson is not feeling the love. And it's upsetting me.
0: I mean, he was one of the better characters in the Lego Batman movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Michael Sarah voiced him i
1: think what the fuck is rick grayson (laughs) what is that don't say the name i hate the name rick grayson like what's wrong with them and i think he looked like some sort of mad max like weird amalgam nightwing in a way he had he had eyeshadow all over his face almost it was weird i don't even want to get into that but there there is room for the future, like there's there's clearly room for for them to finally do something consistent, like they did with Chuck Dixon back in the day. I'm not saying we bring back Chuck Dixon, but hey, that's
0: not a bad idea. No, no, it, it isn't because it's kind of it's kind of the Chris Claremont error, right? Chuck Dixon. It's funny when I was rereading those Chuck Dixon issues. It really took me back to a moment in my life. You know, for me, it was late high school, early college. Right. And the world was different. And so the kinetic storytelling, it just worked in the moment. It's kind of like when Chris Claremont came back to to do the X-Men with Jim Lee, it just wasn't the same. And he's come back a couple of times and it's not the same. What you do, it's you do need a reimagining. And again, to DC's credit, they are trying. They're giving the reins to new people, but they almost need to do what. Allow Grant Morrison the five-year l- run, kind of what they allowed Jonathan Hickman to do with the X-Men. Find someone who knows the character, who gets the character, who has writing chops, who has the experience. Pair them with someone. Set out a five-year vision, a five-year plan. Sell it in and run with it. So that, and bring, it could, so that brings
1: us back, though, Roman, what you just said, right? Scott Snyder. All right? Yeah. Scott Snyder is someone who I think is a good writer. He's kind of gone off the rails a little bit with whatever's happening with, um, the Batman who laughs and DC. But but I mean, he said a big
0: vision. He said some of the best Batman writing, you know, it's funny right before the pandemic and the lockdowns happened. I had the good fortune to go to the library and grab the entire Scott Snyder run. And I read it cover to cover. And it's great because he set a vision of here's what I'm going to do with Batman and I own Batman for several years. And there's vision to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and continue. And he has announced that he has an idea for a Nightwing comic book run and it's something he's per- currently pitching to DC Comics. And if DC Comics knows what's good for them, they should let him do this because I think one Scott Snyder has – is like the precious jewel of the DC Comics family right now. He's writing all of it. He's done some great stuff in Batman, Court of Owls, Death of the Family. All of that stuff is really Year zero. zero. Year zero. Year zero. But he started with this Batman story we read called Black Mirror and that was a Dick Grayson story, a Dick Grayson as Batman story. And it's very obvious from the beginning. All of the stories, all the issues kind of start off with Batman aka Dick Grayson Batman narrating as as often happens in these stories, narrating something from his childhood as he's out there. And there's stories from the circus, stories from his parents, you know, he takes out he takes out a killer whale by himself. Like there's a lot of random <laughs> stuff happening. And he's also – It's fun Batman. It's fun Batman done right. It's fun Batman and a really creepy dark story at the same time. So it's interesting. Anyway, I'm going to read something for you here because I'm doing some research. And here is what Snyder says. As, and this is from an article when he was talking about a possibility of a Nightwing comic book run that he's running. So he says, Nightwing's the character that more than anyone else in the Bat family wears his heart on his sleeve. He's not the best detective from an empirical standpoint, but he's the best emotional detective out of all the former Robins, in my opinion. He's someone who understands human psychology, he understands empathy. There are mysteries Bruce won't do as well on as Dick, and he sometimes gets, and Dick basically gets shortchanged in terms of people thinking of him as Batman Light. I don't think of him that way. I think of him more as someone with a very different skill set as a detective. And Gotham would look very different under his mantle. I love it. I love you it.
0: say tomato, I say you're culpable. It <laughs> 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 was my favorite line from the book. I just had to bring it down a notch. But you're right. The, the, and, well, you know, it's funny. The la- very last storyline in the Scott Snyder run is him arguing with James Gordon, not Commissioner Gordon, but Commissioner Gordon's estranged, psychopathic son. And he's effectively saying, and I wonder, I I almost wonder if Snyder was setting up his own version of the Joker, you know, he says, and he's literally a psychopath and he doesn't feel empathy. And he's like, I, I took the pills. I got empathy. And I found out that was a human weakness. And there's this whole kind of four page narrative in the rush to save Barbara of empathy is kind of what makes him great. And it's so interesting that, I mean, the quote you just read and the last story I've read for this podcast was literally the litigation of empathy v. No empathy.
1: And you know what? Like at rereading that and rereading this in front of you, this this quote from Scott Snyder, I think that makes me realize why another reason why I love him so much, just because I think I value empathy as a as a huge trait in as as a human being. Right. As a that's that's what I look for. When I'm hiring people or just, you know, meeting new people or whatever, right? Like that's something I value in, in friendship and family and everything. And if Dick Grayson's main source of his strength is empathy, then that's why he's the best character out there.
0: Uh, to, to, to bring it down a notch again, I, I think the proof point of the value of empathy is when there's an absence of it <laughs> and you know what what is this october 2020 this has been the longest goddamn year of my life and and part of that not all of it but part of it is driven by someone in charge not having an ounce of empathy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that creates a whole world of pain for the world can you imagine if superman didn't have, i mean it's fine if batman doesn't have empathy he's got a little bit of territory a lot of influence but not a lot of reach, right? Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if Clark had no empathy?
1: Yeah, it would be the worst. It'd be like it'd be like that show The Boys or that comic The Boys. But yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the world needs more Dick Paresh.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, and like I said, he's the best leader because of these things. And Scott Snyder, so going back to the future, right? Whatever Scott Snyder if he if he's able to do this whatever they whatever they do they need to keep taking that approach with him right they need to keep all of those core values front and center and you know i don't know i don't know if it's a matter of keeping dick like in bloodhaven again or something like that i don't think it's necessarily that no it's not it, it's it's again just zeroing in on the qualities that make him great and focusing only on that i know that sounds simple No, it's not. It's, it's, you know, one of the
0: things some of the books did. Look, I can't speak for Spiral or Rick Grayson as much, but I can speak to all the Nightwing runs. And what's great about some of these Nightwing runs is the things that make Dick great are there. They just throw them into different situations. They send them around the world. These aren't bad things. They just didn't stick as well. But they did kind of... The character of Dick Grayson is the, the... Ever optimist, ever optimist, ever talented, caring human being like to your point, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He cares about the people he interacts with to a fault and he doesn't have the superheroes that he doesn't have the superpowers that that Superman has. He doesn't have. I he doesn't have the wealth, the money, the. The same experiences that Batman has. That's what but I'm yes, saying. He, he's he's human. That's what I'm saying. He's he's so human, and that makes him a better hero. Like he, yeah, yeah. If I was to if, if I was to explain
1: who who Dick Grayson was to kind of like a mainstream person who's not really sure uh, about Nightwing or Dick Grayson, I would I would say that from a person at least a personality standpoint, and and just I guess somewhat of a skill set standpoint. He's a mix he he's a mix of Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. And if you combine the best qualities of all three of those characters, you get Dick Grayson. As long he's as you the, keep him
0: human. So yeah. He, yeah. He, he's the best friend you never had. Yes. And I mean kind of like how I feel about him actually. Yeah, because again, remember his origins. He was created to be the everyman, the the person all the readers and the kids could connect with. Mm-hmm. And DC is well equipped to go do any of these things we want them to do. That's the beauty of it. They they can make a podcast universe with Dick. They can mm. they could be an HBO. I, I there should be an like, seriously, it doesn't have to be in continuity with Titans. But we all now because it of doesn't Titans, have to. Be. No, you're right. It could be I, anything. It could be. I, like, mean, I, I literally think it's an HBO Max show. Like you could try to do you could rip off all the beats of Bloodhaven and make that show. It's It's a proven thing. You know, I yeah. It
1: it would be it would be similar to your favorite show of all time, superhero show of all time, Daredevil. I mean, in the sense of how how I would see it coming to life, I would see it close to like at least
0: aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, and not not even no. I I mean, yes, maybe, but no. I, it's it's not as dark. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I but, mean, even the backdrop. I mean, the backdrop should be dark, but he's. My favorite Daredevil poster from that Netflix show, which never wound up being the main poster, but I've seen it in a few places. It's a picture of Charlie Cox straightening his tie with a smirk on his face. Yeah. It, so he's Matt Murdock with a smirk on his face. And Dick's happier than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's uh, I he's saying beacon of light, but it's, there's an electricity uh, okay so because so because of the contrast this this reminds me of a few things right so
1: I, when i whenever i watch film whenever i absorb other media mm-hmm. this is how much i like dick grayson right i i look at certain things and i'm like oh that that reminds me that reminds me of batman and robin or that reminds me of dick grayson in some way and so if i had a a if i was to introduce like the perfect palette like comparison in terms of cinema or TV or whatever for a Dick Grayson live action adaptation, it would be the movie, the Martian. And, oh, yeah, And think about that movie for a second. If you guys haven't seen it, it's about Matt Damon being stuck on Mars and everybody has to save him. But that sounds very bleak, but the movie is not bleak at all. There are moments that are heavy for sure but Matt Damon plays his character, Mark Watney, who is so optimistic, who is so excited about the possibility of figuring out these problems and and making his way back to Earth somehow. And I just kept being reminded of if Dick Grayson was an astronaut slash botanist, this is how he would approach the situation.
0: But it's and- it's the speech he gives at the very end of The Martian. You know, yes. you mm-hmm. focus on the problem, you figure it out, you move on to the next one. That's the Grayson- tell, like, yeah, yeah. It but it's the end, you know, when he's back on earth and someone's like, "How did you do it?" and it's just it's as simple as that. You live in the moment, you do the best you can, you stick to it, you stick to your principles, you know, which is what he does. Yeah, and you keep going.
1: Yes. So basically, that's the blueprint for what the vibe of a Dick Grayson live action adaptation would look like. It's got to have beats of dramatic elements and heaviness but with a lot of warmth and a lot of heart. It's the only way it works.
0: Heart, heart is a really that's another that's a really good descriptor. Beyond just saying he has empathy, he has heart. Mm-hmm. The character, the 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 best stories show Dick with heart. Dick with heart. <laughs> Sorry, it's
1: just too easy. Let the record show that every joke in this podcast about Dick was started by Roman just so we know.
0: (laughs) It's not my fault. You don't like dick. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel, and I am and have always been Ryan Joe.